Men's Alliance is a growing movement of tribes meeting weekly for a rugged outdoor workout and a real-world devotion around a fire. We're flipping tires, swinging sledgehammers, talking about real struggles, and getting pushed physically and spiritually to become the husbands, fathers, and leaders God designed us to be. We'll get you out of isolation, out of your comfort zone, and into something tribal, rugged, and real. Welcome to the Men's Alliance Podcast. I'm Goose. Hey, this is Shadow. This and is Pops. Pops is with us today. This is awesome. You'll remember Pops from our War Stories podcast about near-death experiences. Oh, yeah. And so Pops is back with us today. Good to have you with us, man. Great to be back. We're here early morning. Yes. We've all got our tribe coffees. Extra. <laughs> before work. Uh, get <laughs> just, in a recording. Just to prove it. <laughs> apologize we're gonna have to listen to man that's good we're gonna have to listen to that's shadow enjoy great. his his <laughs> tribe coffee uh by the way uh go over to our website check out our store online and order some tribe coffee yeah. and a sweet tribe coffee t-shirt yeah um all right that was my shameless plug and post a picture of yourself drinking oh that's right yeah. i'm glad you mentioned that drinking tribe coffee yeah where, so where you're drinking something epic place that you drink we got a really cool photograph the other day from a guy um who was like backpacking and yeah. sent like a picture of the tribe coffee in front of like his tent and the woods so that kind of sparked we're doing a little bit of a contest send in a picture of where you're drinking your tribe coffee Hope, hoping for some some mountaintops, some helicopters, some yeah. skyscrapers, <laughs> maybe under the ocean, whatever, <laughs> zip lining, yeah. shooting ARs, send in some tribe coffee pics, and um, we'll post the 10 best on our social media, and we'll give the winner a bag of tribe coffee. So send those into info at mensalliancetribe.com or post them on your social media with hashtag men's alliance tribe all right so we got pops with us today and me and you man we've been talking for a while about yeah. getting you back on again so i want to kick things over to you because mm -hmm. i know you've got some really cool stuff on your mind to share so take it away pops yeah so when you and i were talking about hey man love you have on the podcast what, what are you thinking about my my first response I, man i don't know i don't know what I want to talk about. You caught me off guard with that. And then I thought, well, I'm just going to talk about what is actually going on lately hmm. and um, what I'm learning uh, and what I'm actually, you know, tools I'm, I'm picking up in men's Alliance that I'm using uh, and, and things that I was learning even before patch class and after patch class. And, um, uh, and, and it's all about apologetics and how it dovetails with evangelism. Hmm. You know, if you ever do those spiritual gifts assessments. Yeah, this is the smile I thought you guys were going to have. Okay, great. So, you know, you do those and you, and you're like, wow, there's like this whole laundry list and you read them. And, and, uh, every, every time I take those, it's like 30 out of 30 administration, you know, like if you need like some right hand guy to go get a bunch of stuff done for yep. you so you can go do your job. That's usually where I end up at a church. Like, <laughs> Oh, I see. I can definitely see administrative and you get that. And then, um, if you have like evangelism, it's, it's like two. You know? <laughs> like, oh yeah. yeah. Right. And, um, I feel bad for, uh, the guys at Charlie cause they generally have to watch me try to curb how much I'm talking and I'm not the guy you want talking to you about Jesus on the street and like why you should believe in Jesus. Cause it's probably gonna be too much of an academic exercise. <laughs> oh dude, I, I disagree with you because it's going to be just right for somebody just like you. Well, it's funny. I had that conversation at work yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, there's a coworker of mine who's a believer. And we were talking about another coworker. I was like, man, this guy is like this close. I've been dropping enough breadcrumbs for the last four years and he's been asking enough questions. Yeah. And we were talking about how to have that conversation. And that was actually what we were talking about. How everybody, he, he's, um, he needs that kind of conversation. And that's right. been one of the things I've been picking up at Men's Alliance. It's like, you have to have a pretty deep, pretty deep tool toolbox of tools. Yeah. You know, know who you're approaching and how you're approaching them and why. And, and what really kicked off for me wasn't even patch class. I mean, I, I it was in August. I was at a, a trip in the UK and there's a devotion that I never even gave. I was talking with Brick about it. And um, 
I got, uh, and, and this is where the evangelism and apologetics dovetail where, where it got me really thinking about it was when I was trying to get back to my hotel room on the West side of London. And I was on the East side of London. My wife and my daughter were waiting for me. I was at a, at a work event and I'm trying to get into the station. And there are these guys who are Muslim apologists and evangelists, like out passing out Qurans and pamphlets. And I was in a rush. I'm like, I got to catch this train. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll take one and walk by. Boy, don't do that. Because <laughs> the minute you pick it up, they're like, nope, you owe me a conversation. And that dude literally got between me and the train. His name was Imran. I keep, I've always called this guy Imran of Shadwell Station. It's like a <laughs> book, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, Harry Potter's got a, got a station. Imran yep. has a station on the <laughs> east side of London. And he, this dude schooled me. I mean, like, I, I was so frustrated. Like, I thought I knew apologetics. I've got, I don't even know how many pages here in my journal. I, I, this guy got me writing, like, at least 10 pages handwritten back and forth mm -hmm. on all his arguments against Christianity. And mm -hmm. just, I was so frustrated that I could not counter this guy. That's because, that's because most other religions, specifically Muslims and Mormons, yeah. They, those really come to my mind. They start doing this at a younger age, right? And they it's a regular thing. It's not it's not even considered like an advanced above and beyond thing. It's it's the standard. Oh yeah. And and Christians don't do it. Christians are busy, you know, I talk about this a lot in podcasts. Christian youth are busy playing gaga ball yeah. and eating pizza. And they're just having fun at youth group. They don't learn. They're not getting trained. Yeah. It's all very experiential. They're yeah. singing and having fun. And then they run into a Muslim kid in their class who is going to school them with their own Bible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. And that's why that's oh, yeah. why we're doing out. what we're doing. That's why. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, if you listen to um, our ambassador podcast, um, our 10 ambassador podcast uh, that we've done, um, we've got those designed to help you if you're listening to this and you want to get better at this, um, because we got to play catch up. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. It was, it was very obvious. I had to play catch up because I thought I had known enough apologetics from having led a small group study in Vermont on, uh, cold, cold case Christianity. Yep. Never book. studied apologetics before did in 2018. I'm like, good, solid. I can take on the world. Mm -hmm. no. Look, I'm just going to read these real quick. Do it. Because this guy, this is, if you're going to run into a Muslim apologist, this is what they're going to hit you with. The, one, the Bible is contradictory. Two, the Trinity is inherently illogical. Three, the Bible didn't exist until 300 AD and is inherently corrupt. It's been edited and in the meantime since uh, it needs to be corrected. That's their take on all religious texts. That they yeah. don't need to be corrected. There's only one truth and one God and everybody's got kind of a skewed version of it um eyewitness accounts are not as powerful as divine revelation that is like a complete opposite i wrote this down before patch class and i was like wow this is the exact opposite approach to yeah. <laughs> explain christianity say say that again eyewitness, eyewitness accounts are not as powerful as divine revelation yeah that is so convenient isn't it yes that just allows them their trump card totally oh we got divine that's the exact same card played by Mormons, yep, right? When you've got Muhammad yeah. who goes into a cave or Joseph Smith goes into the woods and these guys come back out with their, I was all alone. There's no other eyewitnesses oh, yeah. to this, right. but I just had this experience and now everybody should listen to me. God gave me all this truth, which by the way, will keep changing over the next several years of my life and I'll keep going back and getting new revelations that contradict the old ones. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all experiential. It's all very convenient. Whereas Christianity is multiple eyewitnesses to an event. And yeah. you think about how just starkly different these religions are and, and how eerily similar Islam and Mormonism oh. are. Oh yeah. I was yeah. picking that up during patch class. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Wow. This is so, this is so good. So keep going. How, what oh, else yeah. happened with this guy? This one. Okay. There are four more. There are eight total. This, 
I didn't know what to even say to this. Um, had to go look at the only reliable known physical artifact of the gospel is the size of a credit card. So I did this guy, this guy had talking about Brighton. a piece of papyrus. Yeah, I think, um, and he, 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 I don't know if he was from Brighton, but he kept talking about whichever university is there that, ha that has pieces of physical papyrus scripture, whether mm -hmm. it's parts of the Dead Sea Scrolls or others. I, I, I may have this inaccurate about what is actually stored there at the university, mm -hmm. but, and, and which university it is, but he kept referencing it like, Hey, you can find pieces of the Bible. That's not in dispute. They exist, but they're so small. How do you even really know? Like, where do you get this whole book from these couple of pieces of paper <laughs> was his argument. Like you, you're going to, you're going to try to convince me that you've got a couple fragments. And so therefore you have the truth. Yeah. His next one was that I tried on this one. Didn't do a great job that Jesus never claimed divinity. Well, that's the one that we use in our podcast. If you go back and listen right. to Ambassador Training right. 10 on the deity of Jesus, um, we really confront this one. Yeah. Most and, and this guy you're talking to, he's he's pretty advanced for for a Muslim, even like within there. I mean, obviously he's the one out on the street. Oh yeah. Dude, we right? roll for forty five minutes. Average <laughs> the average Muslim that you're gonna talk to is just gonna go straight to this one. The yes. deity of Jesus. Jesus never claimed to be God. And it was, it was, what did he point out? What did he use? I wrote him down as <laughs> he unpacked him. <laughs> um, Matthew 7, 21 and 23 and Matthew 25. I've had a question mark here in my notes, but, um, uh, you know, it, it was this whole, like everyone who accepts the father, you know, the father is basically Allah. He's God. Mm -hmm. And, um, if you, and, and I'm Jesus and I don't know the time and the date of everything. Right. And that, that whole, nobody, like, nobody knows the time and the date except for the father. Yeah. And not really understanding the explanations that are given in Ephesians two and this whole putting down of your deity and lowering yourself while you're here and really being fully human and, and, and fully divine. Um, his, his seventh one was, um, uh, he, he just would not have any counterpoint from the gospel of John. Actually, this isn't a point. This was an observation. I was like, they don't allow there, anything from John. No. Yeah. Like every time I would go there, it was like, yeah, it doesn't matter. That doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then, um, but he wanted to point to John predicting mm. that the advocate was Muhammad, not the Holy Spirit. So you could talk about John if you talked about it in the context. If it helped it him. Predict, what if it helps you. Yeah. Why don't they like John? Because it was the latest written gospel. So, um, you know, because it's the, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the four gospels, John was written last. And so basically it's on timeline. On timeline alone, they say oh, John was written late, um, which is hilarious based on when theirs was written. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Quran was written in the seventh century. Um, so we're, we're still 600 years ahead of them, but you know, that that's okay. But John written in maybe 90, 88, they're like dismissive of it. So, um, that's why one good technique, if you are talking to a Muslim is stick with Mark. Yes. <laughs> if you can use Mark, it's always your best bet with anybody. Cause it's the first written. Yeah. So you talked to this guy for 45 minutes and then, oh, and then days later you came and were able to write down your whole conversation. Yeah, actually. So this, that <laughs> was, that was, was smart. Uh, well, it was so impactful. What was the date here? What did I write down? It would have been five days later. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I wrote it down because it was just so rolling around in my head. I could yeah. not. And I was just, I was amped. I was ready. Right. I was, and I, I've listened to Nabil Qureshi's, Biola yeah. podcast. I mean, you want to listen to like five hours of somebody break down Christianity and Islam. And I felt like I've never met that guy. I had this weird sensation of like, I've let Nabil Qureshi down. I've listened to all this guy's stuff. <laughs> that five hours was wasted on that drive you, to South Carolina. With you listened this, to Nabil Qureshi before this encounter with yes, this guy? Yeah. Okay. And I felt like, what well, a waste. Like, like I did not. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I felt like I blew it, really. <laughs> That's such a good example of like, man, this stuff takes practice. Yeah. This is, this is hard. You're not going to read one book and then go change the mind of an imam on the street yeah. corner, right? Or listen to a bunch of podcasts. Like it, it takes practice. So I'm so interested in this 
So I love that you got this practice. Oh man. Yeah, they talk I, about sharpening. Oh gosh. I, I came back and I was just like, I was so ready. I, I was actually going to be, this is my devotion. I was like, I had like five weeks of devotion. So like, I was like ready to take over Charlie for the month. Like we're going to get into this. <laughs> and uh, something else happened to give a different devotion. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what was interesting was like a month later, I was still reflecting on it and I was writing and I'd been having, and, th and this is where it dovetails in my own personal life. And uh, I, I was doing some writing and reflecting and I had started because of this, I was reading Matthew periodically and like going back and thinking about those passages and, and what, what, what was Jesus actually trying to say? And I'm not exactly certain why this came up, but I just remember I was, I was writing to myself, like how many times this year have I considered the heart of my brother and praying for him? I have, I have well, two brothers who are atheists, uh, but one in particular who's, estranged from the family um, that admittedly for reasons, I'm not even exactly certain. I know why I know some of them, um, but I don't really, I don't really know all of them. And um, you know, I was reading Matthew and I remember having a conversation with him <clears throat> in May or April when he was buying a house and he was struggling and uh, he opened up this interesting door for me that he wanted to write in his offer letter for buying this home, some scripture to basically try to like woo the sellers because he had seen scripture written on the house, the wall of their house. And I was really conflicted about this. And uh, I, I, I didn't want to participate because <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be co-opted for your, like, <laughs> your, your manipulation yeah. of this situation. Right. But I do want to like, Lord, like open up, open up this conversation for me. And I asked him at one point in the conversation because he, he was really stressed and we don't talk very frequently. The fact that he even called me to talk about this was incredible. The fact that he knew as a Christian and that he has never spoken with me about my Christianity at all um, really struck me. And the fact that he had actually gone and looked up Bible verses in Psalms and Proverbs and was, was trying to write something that was like pull something that if you henpecked it, he could, it could still have a secular perspective. He wouldn't, right. he wouldn't have to like sign up for any kind of a non-committal. Yeah. Here's my, you know, yeah. I'm not tattooing this verse on my wrist, but I'm <laughs> going to put it in the offer letter. <laughs> like, right. Or make you think it may be on my wrist. And, um, but I asked him at the end of it and I, I said, okay, I know you don't believe in God and I know, you know, I do, but let's say that you actually prayed what what would be your prayer right now? What would you actually say to God or ask? And boy, well, that's I, such like, a good question. And the like the sound of frustration and like and like he was like, I'm exhausted. When am I gonna get a break? Mm. When is it gonna go my way? And why do I have to work this hard for everything and nothing ever seems to go the way I want? And I think between that in the spring and this Imran at the end of the summer, I had this just like kind of haunting, like, I don't know how to answer these questions well. I don't know how to like share the gospel well. I maybe know how to ask enough questions to get me in trouble or not really help anybody. They just are questions that probably I need to be able to answer for myself. Yeah. And that kicked off in September where I first started thinking like, all right, I need to go to patch class. I don't know really what this is. Everybody keeps kind of hinting. It has something to do about apologetics, which it does. And it is, and it's great. And it's not really about evangelism whatsoever uh, on a certain level at, at a very high level. Um, I'll just, I'll just say that I believe that apologetics and evangelism are two sides of the same coin. And I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say, yeah. You know, then I'm glad I didn't disappoint you and not say it because I feel like, apologetics is how we do evangelism. Yes. And, and I didn't know this growing up and I had no apologetics and I was in a culture that was all evangelism, but it was, can you imagine how thin a one-sided coin is? Yes. That's how deep, that's how deep my knowledge was. Right. Right. And it's like all thrust and no vector and all excitement and all enthusiasm and all emotional. And you're sharing Jesus and they ask you one question and you're like, uh, <laughs> you just got to believe it, man. Right. And it's like so yeah. bad that anybody who's a thinking person is going to abandon that tactic or yeah. even that worldview. And then when you start learning apologetics, that's the other side. And then you start realizing 
okay, now I'm prepared to go do evangelism. Now I'm confident enough to speak up. Now yeah. I'll talk with this guy on the, in the subway. Yeah. Cause it's like about growing up. It was about blind faith almost just, oh, man. Yeah. just believe, you know, learning apologetics is like having the, the veil lifted, you know, it's like it's uh, not blind faith anymore. That's right. <laughs> you know, that's right. It's like, I, be, I can believe it because it logically makes sense. Yeah. It may be okay to start there, but that's not where you want to end. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's not going to, it's not going to convince a Muslim. Yeah. No. You're not going to convert a Muslim based on my experience. Right. Yeah. And, you know, back to Nabil Qureshi, took David Wood working on him for over a year. Oh, easily. You know, like you're not going to convert a person who is, deep and steadfast and knowledgeable in their religion. They're not going to just turn from that and change religions based on one conversation over one cup of coffee, no matter how good you are. This is going to be, you're going to have to work on them and pray for them. And the spirit's going to be working in their heart. And then they're going to come back with more questions. And this is a process, right? Yeah. So I'll just say you planted a pebble in the shoe of Imran. I'll tell you what, I planted, maybe I put a pebble in the shoe of Imran. I think I put a thumbtack in the shoe of my brother, Steve. (laughs) Tell us uh, more about that. Yeah. So this goes on for like three months. So now I'm praying regularly. Actually, I'd spent that whole on and off that whole year, 2022. Um, We kick off at at the church I attend at at chapel. There's a 21 days of prayer in January and there's another one in August. And, uh, I remember going through that in January. And one of the things that came out of that year was I need to be praying for my siblings who are not believers for various reasons, all, all four of them. And, um, by the end of the year, I think just because I'd had this conversation with my brother, um, he just kept coming back in my, my thinking and in my, my prayers and, and I think also just that added dimension of there is this estrangement with the family, like he, like, I don't want to lose them. I don't want to lose any of them. Mm, right. And so this is like kind of like growing now over the, over the autumn. And I prayed over this for, for months and I was like, I'm going to send him a Bible. Cool. And I'm not going to just send him a Bible and like a note card. <clears throat> I'm going to send him a Bible and I'm going to write a letter. Okay, so for all of you, uh, millennial or whatever the generation <laughs> that comes Z or double A uh, generation, you're like writing a letter. I had to think about it. When I sat down to write it, it was, it was during Christmas season and it was a Saturday around Christmas. And I hadn't written a letter in 25 years. And I knew that because I could go in my closet and get all the old letters that we used to write each other before we started typing our letters in emails and sending them mm-hmm. to each other. And I mean, do you guys remember like writing like a five page email that was like, instead of handwriting to yeah, somebody? I remember yeah. when email first came out Yeah, and you're like, it, it was, it was the texting. It yeah. was like, yeah. you were excited to yes. check email. Yeah. Yes. It was it a was, big deal. Yeah. It was the biggest way me and my wife Send communicated it. when I was deployed. Was email. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Totally yeah. from deployments. Yeah. Email. It was a game changer. And now, and when you say writing a letter, you're not talking about a new app. No, I'm saying writing a letter. We're talking paper. We're saying, all right. So these, these you and can love, see the props. He's opening he a box has, right now. He always comes with props. We need to change your call sign to props. <laughs> love it. Pops so, and props. Yeah. One and the same. You will note this letter is still taped to the cover of this NIV mm. study Bible, which oh, I got. That doesn't look like a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. You know where this is going. Yeah. And um, it was funny because the podcast, I think I did it on the 29th of December. And the like the previous one, you were shadow talking about study Bibles. Yeah. And I'm driving out in the highway. And I'm like ready to jump out of the window. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I was just shopping for one. You got to get this one, you know? And By the way, quick shout out. I got an email uh, just this week. Yeah. And we did that podcast like months ago. Yeah. An email this week from Eagle uh, that just started a Gaborum tribe. Oh, yeah. And uh, Eagle said, I just listened to that podcast about how to read your Bible. And I want to let you know I agree with Shadow. And he goes, Sorry. 
in parentheses. <laughs> I don't even remember what we disagreed yeah, about. I was like, what? Yeah. yeah, but he was talking about the Bible that you recommended. Oh. He was like, uh, the study Bible. It's yeah. this one that you recommended. Yeah. Eagle goes, that's my favorite too. Yeah. I just thought I'd share that with you. Oh, thank All you. right. So back a, to you, yeah, he's a good the guy. box. You, you, you wrote a letter, wrote a letter. You mailed this Bible to your brother. Yeah. Okay. Same brother. Four pages. It was long. I went, it was a couple of things. It was like the letter at first was, I don't really know why we're estranged. You know me my whole life. You see, you saw me as a young man, as a kid, you know, I was completely screwed up. I'm sure I did something, many things over the years that I wasn't aware of. And some I, I'm, I positively am aware of that probably hurt you confident this happened and want to patch that up. Want to want to build a new relationship. Also want you to know where I'm coming from and why I'm doing this and what my heart is and why I'm sending you this Bible along, along the way, because um, this is also another devotion because I think it was triple had brought it up at a, uh, at a Charlie night shadow and I were at, and we were talking about having these legacy. Yeah. 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 That was a great one. Yeah. And um, we have a family Bible. Right. And there's stuff in there from my grandmother. I can't remember if she highlighted or, or underlined before she died from cancer. I never met her. And um, I was like, you need, you need to have this tradition in your home. This yeah, is our family. What, what you said made me get that study Bible. So it's kind of like. Yeah, it's coming circle. full circle. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I wanted to jump through the window. I was driving. I was yeah. like, he's, he's, he's bringing it around. He doesn't even know this is going on in the background of my yeah. family. <laughs> but, uh, and at the end I said, you know, I underline these ones specifically, you know, here's the one from grandma. Here's, here's John 14, one through five. Like you need to know this. This is, this is the message she sent the family before she passed, whether, whether you know this or not. And like, and here are the, here's the one that you in uh, Proverbs about homes that you sent to this couple in this offer letter. Yeah. And here are the ones in Matthew that I'm sending you about rest and peace. Mm-hmm. Because you need to put it down and pick up this yoke. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not trying to convert you. I wouldn't do that. You know me. And I even wrote in there, I'm like, look, man, you know me. You know, I'm, a, I'm trained as a scientist. <laughs> I'm trained in evolutionary biology. I'm a rational thinker. I run a manufacturing facility. Like I don't, I don't do things generally on my feelings. My, my feelings get riled up, but I generally, that's not how I like to make decisions. You know, I wouldn't be sharing this with you from a place of, I haven't thought about it, invest, investigated it, evaluated it, and thought it was true. And I think you should just check it out. And if you have questions, call me. Mm -hmm. I'll be the first person to pick up the phone if you've got questions about it. So I sent this uh, before Christmas and, and, uh, we did the podcast and I think like, I think it was actually the day after two days after I got it back and you all can't, you know, uh, uh you, you can't read this, but right. <laughs> and I knew it was my brother's handwriting cause I've seen it for years, big white sticker on it. And it says in all caps refused and underneath it says return to sender. Here, hold that up. I'm going to grab a picture of this. We'll put this on the podcast yeah. so you guys can see this. All right. And boy, did that shake me. Cause I, yeah. I, I, I kind of expected I wasn't going to get a great response. So he didn't even open it. No. Oh, he, and here's the, here's the best part. Like we didn't talk about it for months. He probably opened it. That's how he saw what it was. He did. And then closed oh, so it back and wrote that okay. on it. He did. And I know that because in April it was like eating at me and, and his, you know, <laughs> texted him in January and I was like, Hey, uh, you know, Elliot's birthday is coming up. My nephew, same age as my daughter. And I was like, Hey, you know, what does he want for his birthday? He's like, yeah, don't, don't do anything. And then he just like didn't answer anything for three months. And in April, I was like, I can't take this anymore. This is killing me. I'm like writing notes in my journal. Now I've gone through patch class. Now I'm thinking through all of this, like way overthinking it for three months. I'm like, all right, if he doesn't believe in God and this isn't an actual person to him, then he can't actually be mad at God at somebody that doesn't exist. He's actually <laughs> mad at me. But then I thought, like, is it the Bible he's mad about or me doing that? You know, and I'm going down this rabbit right. hole of what, you know, what is going on for months. And I, I had to just like put it down. It was killing me. And, um, I finally just resigned myself. I'm like, 
man, there's going to be no, no communication with him. This probably just ended any, everything. And then in April, I phone called him, left a voice. And it was like the immediate, like one, one ring and click goes to voicemail. You're like, Oh, you're on the auto list. You know, you're on the, <laughs> you're on the, you're on the naughty list. And, um, I, I left a voicemail. I was like, Hey man, you know, um, miss you. It's been weird. I'm sure wasn't trying to upset you. Um, we'd love to talk and, and, you know, connect and patch it up or whatever. And he, he, sent, he sent me a text message and I thought the timing was interesting. I got it at two thirty one in the afternoon the next day. So I knew this was eaten at him too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's, that's like, you're still in the middle of your work day, basically. You're not done mm-hmm. yet. And I know what he does for work. So I know he's still working. And, um, it was interesting. It was, uh, I won't read all of it cause it's colorful and, um, not appropriate <laughs> for the air. But uh, I thought it was really interesting because he, at the end, it was exactly what you said. Though. It was, it was he's, <laughs> the Bible was enough. You know, I didn't even read your note, nor do I want to. There's other stuff we don't have to get into it. But it really was like, okay, the just seeing a Bible, not even opening it. And I put it on the outside cover. I didn't like tuck it in a page, my, my letter. Mm-hmm. Like he'd have to know there was a letter. And like you said, that was enough. I'm not reading your letter, dude. Like it's a Bible. That's enough. Go away. Mm. And I'll let you know when I'm going to talk to you if I ever choose to do that. Man, here's what's just, this is really hitting me, right? I think I'm just now realizing this. It is amazing how powerful that book is. Yeah. Yeah. There is no other book on the planet that you could mail somebody that would elicit that response. Yeah. Yes. Nobody's that hostile towards any other book. Like it's, it's, it's powerful. It's supernatural. It's bizarre, right? Like people see that you send somebody that's not a Mormon, a book of Mormon. (laughs) There's not a big response. Yeah. That's not an emotional event. It's like, okay, thanks for the book, man. Probably not gonna Yeah, I mean you're not gonna um, you know, you send somebody a Quran. Okay, thanks for the package. Yeah. Right? You send somebody a Bible. They either love it or hate it. <laughs> I mean, depending on where they are in their life and what they yeah. have going on in their heart. Yeah. That shows you just like just absolutely touched a very raw nerve. Oh yeah. What if all of Charlie tribe sent him a Bible to each of us? (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) That'd be awesome. It might be. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) We loved pranks growing up as kids. We used to do all sorts of pranking and scouts, but I don't think he would make that connection the right way, but yeah. (laughs) Wow. So you went to patch class when? Started in January. Okay. And we ended in April. Your class is 04. 04. And by the way, that's the one that the video, our trailer. It was our last patch class video. If you haven't seen that yet, go watch it. It's recording of class 04. Yeah. Uh, Awesome film crew went through the entire thing with the patch class video in it. It's really cool. Um, It's on our YouTube channel. It's also on our website. And we'll put it in the show notes here. Check out that video. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and hear more of Pop's story about his discussion with his brother and Imran. And Imran. Okay. Guys, I've got a big announcement that I'm so excited to make. If you are a regular listener, but you don't live near a tribe, then this announcement's for you. So if you, if you love the Men's Alliance message and you wish you were in a tribe and you love what you hear on this podcast and maybe you wish you could get a call sign and earn a challenge coin and go to a patch class, we have created something just for you. I'm so pumped to tell you about this. Mark your calendars November 10th and 11th. We're having a Men's Alliance Start the Fire weekend. All right, it's going to cost um, about 250 bucks. It's going to be in Midlothian, Virginia, and it's going to be an entire weekend for getting you immersed in all things men's alliance in a epic weekend of flipping tires swinging hammers bear crawling with sandbags 
We're going to build fires, share devotions. It's going to be unlike any men's ministry event you've ever get, been to. I guarantee you that. It's all outdoors, all tribal, all rugged and real. You are going to be trained to lead, to serve, to give the gospel, and you will walk away from this event with not just a t-shirt, but with a call sign, with a challenge coin, and with a guaranteed spot into a patch class. So this patch class that Pops is talking about today, we want to get you to the point where you're ready for that, and that's going to start with our Men's Alliance Start the Fire weekend, November 10th and 11th. So check out more details to come on that, but go ahead and mark your calendar right now and save the date. If you are in a part of the country that does not have a tribe, you're going to want to get yourself to Richmond, Virginia on November 10th and 11th to become a tribesman that weekend, and then we'll be able to get you guys into a patch class later on down the road. Oh, and you will have to memorize the creed before you even get here. (laughs) That sounds awesome. So it's going to be perhaps the most life-changing event a weekend in your life. More details to come. Mark your calendars. It's going to be awesome. Man, this is Connor Dillingham, call sign chief. Here at Men's Alliance, we love your charitable donations. Those donations allow us to reach more men to become the leaders that God has called us to be. But do you know there's another way that you can support us and look awesome in the process? Have you checked out our online merch store? There's so much to choose from, and personally, I can never have enough cool MA gear. Here's all you got to do. Go to mensalliancetribe.com, click on store in the upper right-hand corner of the screen. On that screen is our finished strong line of shirts and sweatshirts. Also, be sure to check out the Barbarian Ambassador shirt. These are must-have items. Also on this screen is a link to our Tribe Coffee and Tribe Coffee t-shirt. I'm a huge coffee guy, and to be honest, I can't determine whether I like the coffee better or the Tribe Coffee shirt. Even coffee snobs love this stuff. Also, at the top of the screen is a link that will take you to our classic collection. You're, you're going to find some pure gold on that link. You'll find the MA Coffee mug as well. Pick out your items, pick out your size, and we have a ton of great colors to choose from. Put the stuff in the shopping cart, pay with your credit card, and bam, you're done. Our shipping department will get you your gear in a hurry. One warning, though, once you start, it's hard to stop. I may have heard from my wife another Men's Alliance shirt. Yes, dear, that's correct. As always, we appreciate your support, but when you get your Men's Alliance gear, you'll be the one that felt like you got the gift. All right. We are back with Pops. Pops is telling us about having a discussion on a London subway with a Muslim for 45 minutes and all the things that a Muslim will say to refute Christianity. Um, and then also there's this context going on of a conversation with your brother who you mentioned you have two brothers who are both atheists yeah. and you've been working on them for a while. Yeah. And, uh, and you even sent one a Bible and it got returned to sender. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then throughout all this, there's this thread of you attending patch class and tell us a little about how that has affected this. Yeah. So yeah, Men's Alliance makes these sort of like disparate stories, you know, one from August and one from December. And it's, you know, when I, when I showed up at, um, at, at MA in February 22, I could tell right away that um, I was, I was going to start learning something. This wasn't going to just be social or just the workout. Things were pretty, uh, well, they were real, right? We're travel rugged real. It was real. It was real, really quick. And, um, I, unlike a lot of the guys in men's alliance, I wasn't in the military. Um, I am in operations management. So I've had a lot of leadership training. I was in scouts. I was, I was an Eagle scout. So I identified a lot of the having a tribe. Yeah. Having high structure, structure, having high expectations. If you're 11 and you're like, yeah, I I will be an Eagle scout. I'm that kind of guy. Like I have that just built in mentality. Like, Oh, okay. You can start here and you can go there. Well, it will just be a period of time until I get to there. Yep. And not, and, and things will get in the way, but I will eventually get there. Show me the path of progression. (laughs) I I will take it. (laughs) I will take it. Thank you. That's the way to put it. Yeah. And, and, you know, so when I knew uh, probably by that summer, there was this thing called patch, I was like, 
okay. You know, like each week there's just like another thing to, to bring you in. So if you're looking for that kind of structure, if you've never had structure in your life where you're like, MA provides that in a way that I think, you know, on the wall here, you have discipline equals freedom. I love that. <laughs> and there's a lot of disciplines that are built into men's alliance that you don't really think about. Yeah. Um, and you shouldn't have to think about it. You shouldn't overthink it. You should just, just do it. And that's how I felt about like, well, yeah, I'm going to go stand on a tire and get a call sign. And yeah, I'm going to go say the creed in front of 80 guys. I don't know in April. I've only been here for two months or, or July. It was July. I think it was when I got my coin. I like recite the, recite the creed and try not to freak yeah. out in front of everybody. And yeah, I'm going to go to this patch class. It's just like how I do things, you know? Yeah. And it just so happens that I'm having these conversations in London while, you know, this is going on that summer. Like, you know, I've just been on a tire a month later feeling pretty good about myself. Nope. Got cut down at the knees by Imran. <laughs> you know? <Yeah>. Like, all right, I'm going to get myself back up again and get ready and start learning more apologetics. And along the way, like, Oh man, I got to apply this in my life. And where am I going to start? You know, start your own backyard with your family. And it was right around then. I think me and you, we went to that, uh, father, daughter, daughter. um, camp out. <laughs> yeah. And that was, you know, I knew you before then, but I got to know you a lot better on that trip. Yeah. And I was like shocked that you were into apologetics. Really? I was like, awesome. Because I'm shocked whenever anybody is. Oh, okay. I'm just shocked about anybody being into it. I'm like, oh, awesome. Another person interested in this, right? And then we were both camping with daughters yeah. during apologetics, which uh, that was a cool event. Yep. Um, put on by Mike Flynn. I yeah, he, I hope he's doing it again this year. Gosh, I hope so. I do it again in a heartbeat. I, I those, I'd, you I'd know, love, those. I'd love to be invited. <laughs> it was not a men's alliance event, but it should have been. It should have been. And I asked him like a month or two ago. I was like, "Are you doing that again?" He was like, "Yeah, I'm going to try to do it in the summer." So, I'm like, cool, right on. Yeah. So, um, how how does MA and patch class play into all this? I, you know, as I'm going, as you're, as you're gearing up for this progress, I, I guess I just didn't really realize. I had to have these experiences. I had to have these fall on the face moments, you know, like you guys were talking about humility last, last week. And you have to go through this humility fall on your face moments. So like, you just don't know what you think, you know, and you're not as practiced as you think you are. That's okay. That's good. Right. Like, I think if you, if, if you want to never be caught off guard, you're probably not operating in reality. You're operating in like a, a place of fear of being embarrassed. Yeah, man, and you're, you're nailing so it. That's so, that's so true. And, um, you know, and patch class was another one coming out of that, uh, you know, just without saying too much about what happens at patch class, you know, rule number 10 of patch class, there is no patch <laughs> class. Um, you know, got to keep it, got to keep it special, but you know, you walk out of it and you get the, I'll just say I've had some conversations with some guys and, and, and you realize like, wow, I got some real glaring chinks in the armor here. Um, and then there were some that I knew. The ones I've known for a very long time and they're like, yep, they're still there. And you're like, oh, man, okay, I guess this is what Paul means about having a thorn in your side. Like, mm -hmm. it is never getting rid of this one. You got to contain it. And you got to offer it up to the Lord. And that patch class really did humble me in a way that, you know, it was right after it that I sent that phone call or called my brother. Okay. And it took a lot because here I was actually, I was feeling a little beat up after patch class, honestly. <laughs> like, you know, I don't. It was good. Like I really needed these men to, to speak into my life. I was feeling I was feeling kind of beat up and a little embarrassed about it. But it was like, all right, I gotta pick myself up again. This is just the next one. Right. Yeah. And I got I, I if I'm serious, if I why would I stop praying after a year in twenty two and just kind of give up in twenty three and accept that all right, I got this Bible back, return to sender and it, Oh, this I is guess the I'm end done. of the story. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And you know, when you and I were talking a couple of weeks ago, I said, well, this, you know, this gets better because the story keeps going. That's when I got this text message. And that's because I had the, you know, I, I wouldn't say the guts, but just the motivation of like, okay, this is just another one of those. You, you, you fall down, you get back up, you do it again. And, you know, here, so the, the funny part is, is after I got that text, it was so relieving because I have not, I, I've never led anybody to Christ. I still haven't actually, I've had conversations where I lead people to the truth. Yeah. You know, last time I was on the podcast, I talked about sharing it with my nephew and my approach has generally been like, 
go evaluate this for yourself. Look at me, you know me, you've seen my life, you know, like I said earlier, I wouldn't be sharing this with you for no, no reason whatsoever. You're a gardener. I'm a gardener, right? You're planting, you're tilling, you're watering. Um, and then someone else maybe down the road might be the harvester, but the gardener is every bit as important as the harvester. Yeah. Right. It takes both. And that's important for people to understand, like, just because you're not maybe the harvester person, getting that person over the goal line, that doesn't mean you didn't lead them to Christ. You're still leading people to Christ. You're playing a very important role that a lot of times the harvesters don't realize this was a process for years in this person's heart. Oh, yeah. And it was in the last five, six weeks since this has happened with this phone call. I've had a great amount of joy. I've had a great amount of joy. I'm like, you know, I don't have to worry about this to the point where I actually already started drafting another letter. I was, I wasn't able to do it by hand. I need to handwrite it, but I have a draft of a letter for somebody else. It's pretty similar. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you've, you've asked me some questions. I've dropped some breadcrumbs. This is why I believe what I believe. Cause that's your question. Yeah. And, and I'm like preparing to go do this again in a very, strategic way, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Um, about how to how to go about doing it and and you know, praying over of like, okay, if I do this, then I need to offer my time to answer this person's questions. I need to be available. Yeah. You know, my brother's in Michigan. I'm in Virginia. I can't like show up and be available any other way than on the phone. But if I'm going to do this face to face with somebody in town, I better sign up to be ready for it and go there and go that extra mile. And I will say that um it's not just patch class. It's like if you go do this stuff, I guess what I'm trying to say is you go to MA, you, you, you go actually practice what you're learning mm-hmm. or, and then you think you're going to go preach it and practice it. Like be ready to fumble. You know, it's yeah. like, I mean, you know, you go to college for four years for a reason. You do, you know, 10 years to be a doctor for a reason. We, we shouldn't think that we're going to go in for a patch class for like 10 weeks and then suddenly, you know, like we're ready. You're, to, you're an expert. These. Yeah. Like this is, I mean, <laughs> and it dawned on me. I'm like, man, I'm going to be at this probably not probably, I will be at this is kind of slowly building on it until I leave this world. And you I know, need to be looking for those people who I had a pastor who said, you know, they're green apples and red apples. And you know, you gotta, you have to understand who's ripe and ready to receive the gospel. And I, I heard that 10 years ago and I just really, it was like a good picture. I, I thought I yeah. understood it, but then until you actually go have these conversations with people, you don't really realize that you, you don't, you got to go, you have to go do something and not do well at it and be willing to be okay with not being good at it until you are good at it. Like everything else. You have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. You have to be comfortable being <laughs> uncomfortable. What was it you said the other week? You were like, I really, I learned that I had to cycle thousands of miles and that I hate cycling. I'm not good <laughs> at cycling, but I want to do this triathlon. Yeah. So I do this cycling. Yeah. And that's, that's been the lesson that's come out of it for me. There's some interesting things that you will learn along the way. I mean, I think the one for me that really hit me was, <laughs> you know, I, I kept having the, the, the sticker, this picture of the sticker on this box I sent to my brother in my head for like the last five months. And then um, it dawned on me like probably two, two or three days ago, getting ready for this podcast, I realized I was like, wait a minute, I'm not the person that wrote this book. Mm-hmm. And in a way, this is a bit like saying to God himself, I refuse you. You're the sender. You can take it back. And I was like, wow, this is like really dangerous, actually. I don't think my brother really realizes how like dangerous a heart place that is yeah. to be in. And But I get it because I used to be that guy. I used to be like, well... I wasn't angry at God. I, he's, I don't know what he's angry. I still don't know what he's angry about. I, I, right. I hope to find out one day. I was, I was more ambivalent. Like, mm-hmm. well, you know, he's the big clock maker and he's, he's somewhere else and mm-hmm. he's aware, but he doesn't know me personally. I had no concept of a, of a, of a personal relationship. And when I read that, I'm almost like, well, maybe you know more about a personal relationship than I realize. You really know that you don't like you don't you're like fighting that. Yeah. You don't like this guy, like no right. differently than you don't like another human being. Yeah. You can't be angry at a God you don't believe exists. Yeah. I, that, that, that is the one thing out of, out of, out of 
a piece of logic out of the training in, in, in patch class. I just keep coming back to that. Yeah. It makes no sense. Like your, your frustration and your anger is, is rational. It's not even logically defensible. Mm-hmm. How can you be angry at somebody that doesn't exist? Right. And, you know, this just makes me think so much about Romans chapter one. Right? Oh. It says everybody knows in their heart that yeah. God exists because his qualities are obvious when you look around at nature. Every single person um, can know what there is to know about God by looking at the creation. But people have chosen to reject God uh, because it's more comfortable for them to live in darkness. Yeah, They don't want the light because the light exposes things that they don't want exposed. And when they reject that truth, I'm just paraphrasing here the Dave Mills version. When they reject that truth, their hearts get hard. Their thinking becomes dim. Yeah. And God lets them do it. Yeah. He's like, okay, you don't want me. Have at it. Have it your way. Right. That's just like the theme. Right. And when anybody's angry, you know that there's something there. Right. That's what I'm hearing you say. Right. You know, there's something there because something has made you angry. Right. Otherwise, you would just be the ambivalent, Mm -hmm. the ambivalent agnostic. Yeah. Right. Well, maybe they're not angry at something that doesn't exist. Maybe they're angry with us and believing something that they don't. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think there in, in, in this case, there are probably some things that have happened. Yeah. I could point to some things in the church that happened at a young age that would make them angry. They might still be holding on to. I mean, the, the, yeah. we, we moved when we were young you know, I was nine, he was seven at the time. And, um, the grade school we went to was not welcoming. I mean, I think by most standards today, most people would say I got psychologically abused or bullied in that school. Yeah. And, um, that, that's a whole complicated twist. I, I, I personally think I contributed to some of that because when you're an arrogant little bugger and you're the new guy that shows up in a classroom and they all know each other, they're like, we don't like you new guy. You're mm-hmm. an arrogant little bugger, you know? And we, we were, you know, my family was like that family. Um, but it's, I, I, you know, that's one of, of many possible things that could be, in somebody's past. I think that's another thing I've realized uh, in Men's Alliance. People come with a lot of different church backgrounds, a lot of different church perspectives, and a lot of people get hurt at church. And we all think, um, well, I shouldn't say we all, but I think it's a common misconception inside and outside of the church. So like everybody's got it together. We don't sin. We don't have anything. You know, <laughs> we don't fall. Uh, we don't get caught up in politics of personality or economy or finances or whatever. And these things that pollute the world don't pollute. They, we're, we're completely polluted. If we weren't completely polluted all the time, every day, we wouldn't have to like continually come back and say, you know, Jesus, I need some washing today. In fact, I need yeah. like three baths today. You know, every conversation we have with a person, they and we, we're, we're pulling with us our entire past. Oh yeah. Everybody's got a whole train of baggage behind them, you know, and you've got to address not just the person in the moment, but all that stuff. Be aware that it's all there. So I just wanted to say like this box on the table here. Yeah. This story isn't over. Oh, totally not. Right. That's a cool thing to think about, right? Like this might just be the end of the first quarter or maybe this is halftime, but I got a feeling about that that box right there. Like this thing's not done. No, no, I kept it. And I, I, <laughs> I called him yesterday. It was his birthday yesterday. Just left him a voicemail. I was like, Hey man, I miss you. I love you. And thank you for that text message. And I was like, do I say that? Because it is true. I do thank him for it. it is relieving. Even if somebody's cussing you out in a text message and telling yeah, you like, what's what he's texting you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And he didn't say, I'll never speak to you. It's like, right. if, or when I choose to speak to you, I'm like, okay, I understand the language yeah. of manipulation. You're trying to let me know that you're in charge and you're, you're, you have the power. Mm-hmm. You're letting me know that you felt like I pulled a power play on you. I'm going to pull one back. I'm like, whatever. It's not tit for tat. Like you wrote me a text. It's not, it's not done. Mm -hmm. It can't be done. Actually, (laughs) it's been a relief. It's like, man, all these years I was like, 
I don't want to share the gospel. Like, I don't know how to share the gospel. I'm afraid of sharing the gospel. People know me. They know stuff I've done. And having had to go through this with him has been very relieving. It's like the weight of the anxiety of, of, uh, you know, I, I don't know how to do this is like over. Cause you know, it's just, okay. It's like every other thing that I've had to learn how to do that was difficult. You know, there are a lot of failures along the way. There are more coming. This won't be the only one. I think it's encouraging. Uh, at least it is to me that, and it should be to you that you have people in your life on your heart that you want to see come to Christ that you're actually pursuing. I think if we went around the fire and asked, let's tell stories about who's on our hearts and who are we pursuing, you know, to come to Christ. I bet you a lot of people would say, oh, nobody, mm -hmm. you know, so. You're being generous. You're saying people, plural. I mean, I have one person singular on brother. I mean, as I'm listening that's to more you, than I have, I was like, man, I need to get some more on my list. <laughs> no, I think that's great. I mean, just that story in itself that you're trying to reach out to your brother and this other person that you said you're working on. Yeah. I mean, that's an encouragement to me to be like, I need to find some people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So how did things end with Imran? Mm, yeah. How'd that wrap up? So the way it ended with Imran <clears throat> was because the whole time, I, I mean, probably every 10 minutes I was like, I, I got to go see my wife and daughter. And he would literally like shift his body left or right <laughs> in order to keep me from walking on the stairs to the train. He was mm. being very deliberate. And eventually, I think I just said something along the lines of like, look, I'll, I'll, I'll take this crown. I'll read this stuff. I'll consider it. Thank I, I, I try to just gracious him away. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to, I'm just going to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to love you away. Yeah. Like, okay, you made your point. You're not going to, you're not going to budge from it. And, um, and, and he was, he was similar. He, he was trying to be very gracious, like, you know, like, consider this, consider this, consider this, take this with you. And here are some resources. Um, but I think what happened was like, he could tell that I had not a passing knowledge <laughs> and, and it did in retrospect. Um, it's interesting. This topic's come up a lot at Charlie over the last year. I've led a devotion on it. Um, I'm trying to remember everybody who has, we've talked about spiritual warfare probably four times in the last eight months. And that probably was in retrospect, a moment of spiritual warfare. Absolutely. That, was, that, that is like, here, here is, here is a person who, you know, I know the word, I think. And here's a guy who also thinks he knows the word better than I do. And another word. Mm -hmm. And that's the conflict. I don't, I didn't feel like there was any like demons around on the platform. Right. Or anything. It wasn't that kind of spiritual warfare. It was the powers and principalities part, like, you know, yeah. and having some knowledge of the history of how the Quran is written and understanding that, 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 that those are human power institutions, you know, and we've had those failings in the history of the church that's come in and corrupted things in, in time. That's why we've had a reformation. Right. But I think the difference is, is you, you've, you've got this, like, when I say spiritual warfare, it's like you, you feel dealing with Imran. I walked away with it and it was like, this is more than culture. This is more than Arabic as a, as a written language or becoming a written language. There, there's something deeper here. And I, I still don't have a, I still don't know how to explain it. What I, what I did walk away from was there are many people on earth I have to reckon with who think and feel and believe this way. And I mm -hmm. cannot undersell that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's, what's important is that we, as ambassadors for Christ, continue to step up to the plate, right? Borrowing uh, Greg Kokel's analogy, yeah. you don't have to hit a home run every time you get up to bat. Yeah. yeah. Nobody expects that in baseball. They just expect you to get up to the plate, stand yeah. in the box, yeah. and, and take a pitch and, and swing. And that's what you did. Yeah. And um, we need more of that. We need more of a relaxation as ambassadors. I don't have to convert this guy yeah. on the subway platform, but I do need yeah. to say something. Yeah. I do need to say something. I need to plant a seed, and there's no pressure on you that way. It's a much more relaxed, much more, hey, tell me about what, what, what's your opinion on Jesus. Right. Yeah. It can just be that simple. Oh, well, what did Jesus have to say about himself? 
right? And then, I mean, that's it. Those are yeah. just two simple questions, and it may not lead to that person's conversion, but it may put the pebble in the shoe that gets them to later that night. Maybe they crack open that new Testament for the first time. Maybe they yeah. read the gospel of John and you know, the Holy spirit does the work from there. Right. So we just need more guys mailing more Bibles, writing more letters, having more conversations on subways. subways yeah. Right. This is, this is a huge part of what it means to be a good ambassador. And I'll just add this uh, for the listeners. Right. So a lot of the stuff that pops brought up, especially at the beginning of this podcast that, um, are very common arguments used by Muslims. Um, I want to point you to two resources. You can check out podcast 101, uh, was Jesus God. And then the one that's right after that is ambassador podcast number 10 on the deity of Jesus. And both of those kind of go hand in hand. They're kind of like parts one and two. And we'll address in those podcasts, this topic of did Jesus even claim to be God? Go listen to those point you to one more place. If you go to our website, uh, com slash resources, you can, we've got our whole reading list, our book list there. And one of the books on that list is the ambassador's field manual for leading your family spiritually. You can click on that and the, the PDF is on there for free. You just click on that and you just got the whole thing. And on page 21 is, um, Jesus never claimed to be God. And we go over those verses in Matthew. So I want to tell you guys, if you're listening to this, that uh, sparked something in you, that's where you can go. Go read the field manual, page 21, or listen to uh, podcast number 101 and ambassador number 10 to get the specifics on the verses Muslims are going to turn to in your yeah. Bible and and how to have that conversation and, and what those verses actually mean, not how they're going to twist them. All right, so this is fantastic. Yeah, uh, you're yeah. you're sharing this story, and I feel like there's already another part to this story that we're gonna be we're gonna be discussing <laughs> long, uh, I hope. down down the road, right? So this is amazing. Um, I appreciate what you're doing in Men's Alliance, yeah. sharpening men, um, leading workouts, leading devotions, sharing the gospel with everybody you come across. Um, and making beer <laughs> and making beer. Yeah. Yeah. That's a different kind of ambassador. Um, and maybe cold brew coffee and maybe, yeah, yeah, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> grow up my duff on that. Yeah. Nitro. What do you call it? Nitro cold brew. Nitro cold brew. Yeah, man. That's coming to a city near you. Boom. Always awesome having you on. Yeah, yeah, dude. And just want to encourage our listeners. Um, you got to get in a patch class. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, like you talked about progression and Eagle Scouts and um, which is really a part of your whole personality. It's like climbing mountains. Oh, yeah. Right. This is all just another mountain. Um, we want you guys to progress. Right. Men's Alliance is not just a group where you just come work out once a week. It's it's where we want to progress you in your walk as a disciple for Christ. Right. Earn your challenge coin. Become a better leader. You've never led a workout. You've never led a devotion. Get out of your comfort zone a little bit and and lead one, and then go for our patch because that's our ambassador training right yeah. there. Any last any last thoughts or comments, guys? Hey, thank you for continuing to um, use that word ambassador. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm listening to you say it multiple times, and I'm like, yeah, I just don't think of myself that way. Um, that that's that's really what we do that 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 should be like i i keep the more i the more i'm in this group it's like it's not just a group to show up at it's like what you know you got to have a point where are you going yeah otherwise you you quit and the point is to be an ambassador for christ i mean that that's the thing i keep walking out with month after month after month and you, know, you can go look around in the world around you it's i mean practically speaking not all ambassadorships are the same you may start at some little country where you're not yeah. going to do a lot of damage <laughs> if you stick your foot in your mouth, right? You start with a little step with, you know, if you're me, like with Emron, if you go stick your foot in your mouth and then maybe you go be an ambassador at a slightly larger a country where you have more <laughs> cultural ties and you stick your foot in your mouth with your brother. Like 
you know, there's, there's always some place to go as an ambassador. That's right. That's right? a great point. First. And, and there are always different relationships as an ambassador. And, and I think you put that ambassador hat on, you got to, you got to think that way. Like, how am I going to represent Christ? And who is the, what, what is the dynamic I'm walking into and how am I going to best represent them? And the first step to becoming a barbarian ambassador is buying a barbarian ambassador t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I noticed me and you were both wearing the same t-shirt this morning. And they're awesome. They are. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's, it's about wherever you're planted, right? Yeah. I always said in the air force, bloom where you're planted. Yeah. Right. You don't like it. It doesn't matter. Bloom where, bloom where we're planted. And that's the same way it should be wherever God's planted us. Right. You may just be the ambassador, uh, at the dinner table. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's your, that's your field. Start there. Own it. Yeah. Be an ambassador there or at your place of work, you know, should always start with our, with our families and our homes. Yeah. Right. God doesn't, you know, call us to all go to, uh, China or yeah. Africa. Right. Right. But we can be ambassadors on our street. And uh, we're all called to our homes. Like you that's said. right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Pop's been great talking with you. And, yeah. uh, Thanks for having and, me. and I know that this, uh, this, this box is not done yet. <laughs> no, it's no. this, this, uh, story is still unfolding. So man, um, wherever you are, you can be the ambassador for Christ right where you are with your families, with your neighbors, with your coworkers. So excited to be meeting more Men's Alliance tribesmen. Had a Zoom call this morning with a whole group of uh, tribesmen in North Carolina. Really cool. Looking to bring patch class next year uh, to Pennsylvania as well. So 2024, we're looking for a class in Pennsylvania. And now with our uh, Start the Fire weekend, that I mentioned earlier, we're making it possible for guys all around the country who are not near or in tribes to get to patch classes. So check that out, guys. Check out our website if you haven't been there yet, and I'll see you around the fire. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Men's Alliance podcast. Find your tribe at mensalliancetribe.com, or maybe you're the man to start one in your area. And send us your questions or comments to info at mensalliancetribe.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we look forward to seeing you around the fire soon.